This is an excerpt from Different Ways Revealing the Feminine by Seal, published 2020. Chapter 25, Life in Negative Space, Part 2. It seems I had reached a new level of personal mental fuckery in this event. I never connected with him, but I did hold close how being near him made me feel terrifyingly sick and full of the dope of life, like a finely distilled spirit that could only be served by angels. I lingered over this feeling of thinking that someone could care about me that much, that my instinct could be so inclined to desire. Of course I did. Who wouldn't? Allowing and exploring these feelings is what we are in this life for. Feelings are why we even take on the earthly presence. I may have hated the idea of belonging, but my humanity demanded the desire for feeling love and attraction, and I was caught. I wanted to pull my physical self into the present. In the back of my mind, I thought this is a do-over to take myself from a coping mechanism into a healing experience, but it wasn't going to happen. I stopped it. I was forced to face I had made the whole thing up, and it was all happening within the arena of my own mind. I recall the evening when I moved my feelings for him from the temporal into the sacred place. I was sitting in the cafe. It was evening, and I picked a table outside, far away from the crowd. I was alone my feet propped up on a chair opposite me. I was staring at the peculiar shoes I had been moved to buy that day at the consignment store and thinking I had to put a stop to whatever was going on in me. The shoes were horrible, ugly Nine West things. I looked like a penguin. I had lost the ability to make a simple, sane decision regarding dressing myself. What was I thinking Maybe Jesus really is the Lord of fashion. He was speaking loudly here through buyer's remorse. I took the ridiculous shoes back and left off any notion of possibly ever meeting this person with them. It was a decision of self-preservation that didn't actually transform on the spot. As it turned out, it went underground into the darkness and out of my sights under the care of my Lilith and Lucifer, where it would cycle back with those celestial influences over the years. I couldn't find words for what I was feeling, so I began drawing my fine line drawing as a way to process the experience. The abstract drawings were a total automatic response from my body. Sometimes I drew them in the dark, often at poetry readings or gigs I went to. It calmed me to draw. I thought myself autistic. There was nothing to say and no one to say it to anyway, without adding to the confusion and, of course, having to admit I was unstable. I let my left brain in on the fun by titling the drawings, a play date for both sides of my brain. I did this to divert my mind so I could focus on the new feeling that was instilled in me. Inspiration is no small gift. It was all I had. 
feelings with nowhere to go. Given some distance, I saw that this experience pulled directly upon that spot in me that was about being unwanted by my father. Standing in events that never happen that seem like they should happen, given the feelings, is a common one for me with my type of sensitivities and my penchant for projecting. This is how I have designed a life in negative space. It worked for me like a negative movement when my mind would go one way, by habit, say to assuming someone cared, self-blame, or brooding. I would redirect my thinking to offer a different perspective. It allowed me mental room to look at what isn't there and seriously consider why one thing didn't happen and another did, and vice versa. It functioned and maintained a sort of sacred space within myself, and I developed a balance there. It seems my game was upped when Pop died, and now it appeared I had traded in my long-absent and now-deceased father on this guy. I often overreached for people who could not be there for me. This was nothing new. I also showed a talent for intercepting feelings people were having for someone other than me and becoming entangled and confused. I had repeated embarrassing encounters over that penchant. There was no reason to believe that this was something different, especially the way it was revealing itself. How I made up for these absences and confusions around what I was feeling over the course of my life was I imagined what I needed. In this case, I needed to process my feelings somehow for this guy, so I did. It may not have been the best idea, and it placed me in a type of emotional exile, but I got to keep my desire to feel valuable and maintain my balance until I grew into myself. It allowed room for me to grow into a more competent human being. Even though I knew he was not as I imagined him to be, I modeled my inner male around an image of him using some of his values that I admired, and he became my male ballast to my female energy. If that's a cheat, I'm guilty. It was all I had to work with. I suspect the source of my own sadness and confusion was thinking I dreamed him up because I was not good enough in some way. What wasn't there on my end underneath the self-blame was a lack of self-confidence, and what I thought at the time was my unworthiness. I did not have the emotional strength necessary to hear a rejection from someone I irrationally felt radiated like the sun itself in my spiritual solar system. To be seen as a bottom feeder in his eyes would have been worse than death. It would have given me the bends to face that then. Deep within this wound, I buried the seed of my determination to become a better person, an honest person, and a stronger woman. The kind of woman I thought could be an equal, a co-creator, and work with the complexities inherent in an equal relationship with someone who lived within larger dispensations of life. I devoted my instinct into this direction, sacrificed these feelings of vulnerability to grow. 
If standing up to it then was my assigned healing task, I failed. I could find no adult within me. I wasn't ready. In time, I would come to better understand this wound and its origin. I would also come to appreciate the lesson that the inability to connect held, though it would be years. I proceeded with what I could from the experience, even if I imagined the whole thing. The feelings were calling me forth. I did not yet appreciate the value of a broken heart or understand the nuance nor the necessity of wounds in the human experience to catapult a person into a larger authority in their life. I did not understand the honor in those things then. This awareness came many years later. I know I'm very broken, and I project in a fractured way. I knew it then, too, though not to the degree I know now. All I could really own at the time was that it happened. I was stuck with the experience of it as it resonated through me. I was moved by something in his energy, and I did not get to know what. I cannot say that my father was all that necessary in my life, but his absence had an impactful effect on me. It resulted in my spontaneously designing a complete alternative reality to compensate for his absence. I came into this life bound to these circumstances with him. After I met him, I sensed we had a deal, Pop and I, and I was separated from him. Seeing me complicated his life. My existence was a bother for him. I saw it with my own two love-blind eyes when I found him later in life. He was complicit in my abandonment. I was unwanted and unworthy of the trouble. I work with what happened in these things. I also work with what didn't happen and what I would have wanted to have happened. In this discourse is where I can design something better for myself if I desire. I can empower myself with understanding that the history of me is not the whole story of me. If I want, I can change it. I'm seriously industrious with the shadows of my unfulfilled desires, disappointments, and heartaches. I found out enough to understand I was my father's daughter when it came to desertion and insecurity. I would discover that in maintaining these traits, I was losing important connections that I needed to thrive. Ultimately, I abandoned myself and my feelings over and over again all through my life. I deserted my children and my friends. I was caught in this karmic orbit to reenact this over and over again. This is the lesson in understanding abandonment and its byproducts. Pop missed out on never knowing me, but his knowing me wasn't my issue. When I was born and he wasn't there, I took what I needed of his gifts to me, my life, and my name, and let him go. This presumably unfortunate turn of events was actually an orientation towards a resource that would help me throughout my life. This is why my critical concern was not about my father not loving me, and why I feel strongly that on some energetic level, to brood about that is missing the point in my case. 
I felt thrown out because of the social construct. Being deserted by Pop, however, enabled my being able to find frequencies. It was of a design. My wounding was primarily focused around male energetics, respect, and equality, and a constant confusion about what showed up as male in my life. Bill and these men crossed my path, and they were important crossroads for me as a child, a woman, and a human being. I won't vouch for or even speculate upon the workings outside time and space, other lives or alternate universes, or any thoughts or feelings on behalf of those involved. These incidences stand out to me as being benevolent yet precarious and reeking of destiny this way. In the end, all I knew was I had to learn to be okay with being a solitary, independent individual and stay my course alone and remain open to things I may not understand immediately. I needed to make peace with never meeting or connecting properly with these important males in my life. I needed to answer to my choices and to develop my faith in my feelings being valid. I would do it myself. This was the takeaway from the last encounter, essentially from all of them. I used those non-existing relationships as a beacon to be a better person and the stronger woman, the one I really wanted to be. I let the knowledge of who these men truly were, along with any story I made up about them, go. I left off any hope of their companionship so I could cultivate my unique life. Without a counterweight to my own female energy, with some kind of male energy, I could get locked into an imbalance to tumble into any number of dramas that would not serve anyone. I was able to use my son's energies as counterbalance when I was raising them. I also used my relationship to the male construct of employment orientations, job placements, in this way. Over the years, as I learned about other males who appropriated their energy in unique ways that appealed to me as leaning towards a recognition of equality and generosity of spirit, I added those strengths to my own inner male energy while cultivating my own female energy in accordance. Such was my industry. This is the psychology of a thing, but mind science is not the totality of anything. A human life is much more complex than what one can design, talk out in a therapy session, or force through the door of perception without it falling into a subjective mess at one's feet. I know of human life as radiant star stuff. What it came down to was I was unable to get off the train at the psychology stop. The soul train I was on rumbled past romantic outposts and I was barreling on with my ticket reading Spiritual Trauma Town. Without understanding my destination, I was on an extended journey through an unholy, secular, male-manufactured land. Thank you for listening.